Hello again, listeners, and welcome to the No Holds Barred Witchcraft podcast, as sponsored by ThothWitchcraft.com, which is nothing to do with either of us, so don't accuse us. So, so Chris, you're here. Uh, so do you sacrifice chickens? Let's talk about offerings today. When's the last time you sacrificed a chicken? I've never <laughs> sacrificed a chicken. I quite like chickens. Unless you count dinner. Have you ever sacrificed... Have you sacrificed anything? Right, depends what you call sacrifice, I guess. I suppose you're not allowed to give too much away on the podcast. You never know, the FBI or the police might be listening. Exactly, and then they'll find the bodies. So I can talk generally. I've moved enough times to not be worried, I guess. Every time he moves, he always there's always a patio that's just been completed before he moves. <laughs> I'm always suspicious of that. <laughs> I mean, in a house, in a house, how many patios do you actually need? <laughs> Plenty. The more space you've got, the more bodies you can hide. Tina's suspicious. She's always going on about the people she'd like to kill off. And I swear, she's got about four patios now. She doesn't sit on any of them. Nah. It is a little bit worrying. It's either a patio or a shed she's got. It's always always a patio or a shed, or the latest one with a greenhouse, actually, to be fair. It's only a small garden. But anyway, let's not go into too much detail about random people that the listeners don't know. That we may or may not have killed. Um, yeah. Let's instead talk about offerings to spirits. What are they and what is the point? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're a non-corporeal being something that's flitting about everywhere. Why do you care that someone's leaving you a cigar or some rum or whatever? You know, what? What? why is up with that? Well, we still work on a barter system. That's the thing. So, surely you've got to want something that they're going to give you. Obviously. Or is it just literally showing appreciation? Is that what it is? I suppose it depends on what denomination you're from, I guess. For me, it would be... I suppose the main time I leave offerings would be when I've taken something. So if I have uh, taken a harvest of uh, wildflowers or something like that, or taken um, a branch from a tree, that sort of thing, then I feel at that point you should be thanking whoever it is you've taken it from. So when you when you take a branch from a tree, are you one of those people that likes to tie um, plastic ribbons to the tree? Like it? Why would you ask me such a stupid question? <laughs> because you never know. There might be some idiots. I mean, what is it we call them now? Neo neo pagans <laughs> listening, which um, like to tie plastic ribbons to trees. Yeah. Why you would take? It, it did come up recently. Recently on Facebook, um, I saw someone write, um, actually as an author I know, um, wrote something about, oh, it, you know, I hate all of these idiots that come along and they trash the environment and put all these plastic ribbons on trees. And then someone underneath decided to comment, well, at least they're actually leaving something. Surely it's better to leave a plastic ribbon than nothing at all. <sighs> And that person couldn't quite get, even though the guy whose name I'm not going to mention did try to explain, well, actually, no, it would be better not to leave anything, just your appreciation, yeah. um, than plastic ribbons on a tree. But, you know, this could descend into one of those sessions where we talk about certain people and use the W word. No, we're not going to do the W bashing today. <laughs> um, 
No, I, I have issue with that based on the fact that, yes, it's plastic. Even if you're going to leave something like a fine silk, if you're going to leave something, it's either got to be sacrificial, in my opinion. So it can't just be some thread that you've bought, uh, some plastic ribbon that you've bought from somewhere. That is not a sacrifice, in my opinion. Uh, if you were going to leave something there, it would have to be something made. But also some, something you're going to miss, something potentially you're going to miss, but also something like a chicken, not a chicken. I wouldn't leave a chicken in the woods. OK, what if it's what if it's a free range chicken, the expensive one? I'm not leaving a chicken. So chicken, sacri chicken sacrifice <laughs> is more specifically for, um, you know, a blood offering, isn't it? You're not actually sacrificing the chicken. It's not about the flesh. It's about the um, it's about the blood sacrifice and the cost of said blood sacrifice. So if you... well, yeah, partly, and I mean, I think if you look at because the, the, there are people nowadays which I do know of who do sacrifice chickens and livestock and stuff that they rear themselves, but these are often very, very poor people, poor practitioners from the financial perspective, and for them, giving up a portion of their food is a big deal still it might not be for us because we have supermarkets i mean in you know in the current we live in the uk it's a first world country so yeah. you know it's like we don't even have to deal with the same kind of things that these people would have to deal with because food is readily available for us but i mean sacrifice both sacrifice and I think um, offerings, I maybe something that I think should be addressed and explained because, of course, a lot of the time you'll open the books up and it will say you need to leave this offering in. It needs to be a specific offering or they just give you some random crap and never really explain it. I mean, does it depend on what it is that you're working with? Yeah, I think if we're going to define, I suppose we should define the difference between an offering and a sacrifice then. If you want to be teaching mode, then I suppose we should, you know, clear up the definition. So to me, an offering would be something that is about reverence. An offering is for uh, not necessarily having something in return, but a thank you just because they are wanting to spend that time with somebody. So to me, an offering would be um, you know, a particular incense or a particular herb that is burnt in the presence of a particular spirit or deity, whereas a sacrifice is a um, is a barter. It's a trade of services. Would you agree? Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I I'm trying to think about my personal practice compared to other people's practices because it's a kind of something like this is a doorway a little window into someone else's practices and seeing this we're the only two people here in corporeal form anyway mm -hmm. that are on this podcast um it kind of makes sense that i suppose we should talk mostly about our stuff so like if i was to work with the dead for example and it would be dead people essentially that i would know I'd use my knowledge of what they liked in life and give that as a representation of them in death. I know that there's a big thing about when it comes to offerings and stuff like that with animism, 
in the belief that you know everything has its own spirit whether it would be a plant or a tree or whether it would be uh, some sunglasses and the fact that breaking the physical body releases that spirit so when you look at some of the old kind of Norse um, offerings and things like that that you might have you would break the thing to release its spirit so for example when you look at uh, some old kind of traditional witchcraft and that you have the idea of of breaking keys or you know coins and things like that that can't be used because although they can't be used in this world the act of breaking it means that it's transferable to the spirit world to a certain extent yeah but then when it comes to working with deities and spirits very often i've seen deities and spirits work with people from the position that they're trying to teach them so generally speaking i think it's the work is the sacrifice so like i've done um cleansing rituals and stuff like that which we don't need to go into too much detail because i can imagine you know a little bit too much about my solar cleansing rituals um <laughs> but like i've done things whereby i've done solar cleansing rituals at the top of a cliff but you have to climb that cliff yeah beforehand with no safety equipment and there's a danger and the fact that by the time i get to the top you know i've torn one or two you know my hands and stuff like that probably are bleeding there's been a couple of close calls there's the danger and the sacrifice of me going outside of my you know going out of my way to do that to get to the position where i'm you know at the top of the um the cliff where you're so say closer to the sun or closer to the the spirit that you're working with and it doesn't benefit the spirit necessarily but it does show um it shows that you actually care and it shows how far away at you know how far out of your way you're willing to go you know seriousness i suppose i suppose i should have cleared up what i meant then because what you've talked about is um sacrifice in a general term whereas actually what i meant was the difference between an offering and a sacrificial offering um so obviously in that situation the sacrificial offer that there the sacrifice the actual movement is payment for whatever's mm. coming next so yeah even though it's sacrificial and you you then don't need to sacrifice something else it's still mm. it's still that's not reverence is it that is no. a i'm about to do a working i want your your support in my cleanse therefore I, my, the sacrifice i have made is en route in order to get to that point that both is both reverence and a barter at the same time whereas yeah. a clean offering that is just about reverence um would like a chicken no a chicken would not be reverence <laughs> stop going back to the chicken the... so if i if i cut a chicken's throat and say this is your payment that's a sacrificial uh, offering spirit of the goetia when when I get Andrew Malice and cook him some mean lean grilling machine grilling machine steak and put that on his altar, that's an offering, not a sacrifice, really, is it? Yes. <laughs> yes, unless you killed the cow, um, there yeah. is that. That is not a sacrificial offering. That is, I don't know. Because you could argue that that's the same as you climbing a cliff. The work has been done. The work was preparing the meal. 
So is that still yeah. sacrificial? Uh, um, if um, you bought the steak already LMS. made and already cooked by Chef Alamo down the corner and then offered that, that would just be an offering, Tes- not a sacrificial one. Tesco, but it, what if it's Tesco's finest? But you've still got to cook it. You're missing the point. Yes. Because you're focusing <laughs> no, on I'm the chicken and you think it's funny. <laughs> Uh, I I don't actually sacrifice chickens, if I'm honest with you. Um, but there we go. What's the last sacrifice you gave then? Last the last sacrifice I probably gave that you can think would of would have probably been um, spring water. Ah. Part of my um, February cleanse to prepare myself for my Saturn return. Remember. Um, Oh, yeah. How's that going, by the way? Mine was fine. Mine was fine. But <laughs> yeah. you've got yours to look forward to next year. <laughs> is it still funny? No, it's not going to be great, is it? No, it's not going to be. It's going to be epic, epic in a bad way. Um, whereas I'm back on the track I should be on. So, you know, I'm all good. Anyway. I'm sweating like a pig just thinking about it. Good. Good. Serves you right. Anyway, back to chickens. No, I've never sacrificed a chicken. No, I in my personal practice, do I need to sacrifice a chicken? Like I said, I would probably do it in the way that you talk about with your solar cleanse. I would find some way that the actual gathering of the ingredient or that is that is required for the working is my sacrifice. So rather than buy such and such a herb from such and such a shop I would go and gather something probably less lots of people would probably say oh well that's not the right herb whereas for me it would be well actually I went out in that working and I selected the items that I thought that spirit or deity would have wanted from from my travel so that's a personal sacrifice in the search for them rather than going and buying that frankincense that was grown in a third world country other side of the world has been shipped over i personally in my own practice would find that a better way to work so unless i've got on the plane myself gone and harvested the frankincense i would probably not be using the frankincense in my personal working doesn't mean we don't sell it you know go and go and check out the website but my point the frankincense oil is is divine (laughs) perfect for perfect for all of your offerings and stuff but for my personal practice which is what we're talking about not uh, what other people do what other people do they might think that the financial cost of buying frankincense is enough of a sacrifice that that actually Mm. you know some people would say that um without talking about turtle blood because that's another topic for a different podcast but the um but the act of actually going to buy these exotic spices that are always included in these very complicated uh incenses from yeah the the sacrifice in that situation is they've had to get hold of these rare items therefore they've worked harder um in order to thank the goddess for whatever she or he has done um 
but that is a completely different kind of work into what I'm talking about, I guess. Well, I think when it comes to working with our spirits and deities, it's very easy if you have a relationship with that spirit and deity. I think the confusion often comes where you're trying to approach something you know nothing or little about. Yeah. And when you know little about it, it's essentially the same as knowing nothing. So exactly. if you were to approach a, a deity, you can kind of see from the kind of the capitalist business kind of world that we live in and that kind of culture we have in the re in, in the West. Oh, this thing I'm going to ask to do me some, you know, do me some kind of a favor in exchange for something. So that seems to be where the confusion comes is the process of, well, how do you find out what it wants? What is it going to ask me? The, the contractual obligations, the approaching of the spirit, what spirit to approach in the first place, you know, all that sort of thing, because that seems to me to be what the the books try to address but don't do a very good job of because they miss the basic point. It's like, oh, this spirit, you just need to give it an offering of that and it will do whatever you want regarding finance, for example. Yeah. Or, oh, this goddess, she really, really likes this plant. If you put this plant on a plate in front of a candle, she'll do whatever you want. Yeah. So, you know, are there, what are your thoughts for simple procedures and stuff like that? Because I think it just depends too much on what you're talking about dealing with. Yeah, I think... And maybe that's where they go wrong. I think, to me, unless you're dealing with something... I suppose part of it's your approach, isn't it? And we're to, with those sorts of situations, you're talking about uh, potentially, you know, if you're working with a Goetia or whatever, they've probably got specific needs and wants... And because that is a earthly one, it's quite useful to have that well-tested shopping list mm. of things that suit, mainly because you know you're dealing with something darker and therefore you don't really want to piss them off. Um, but I'm sure there are, obviously, I, I haven't worked with the Goetia very much. So to me, I'm sure there are uh, quick fixes to what will please all of them. Um, if you're working mm. with lower level and then it gets more specific as you go up. Um, but I would assume that that's the way in which you would work. You would start lower and work your way up. Or is that just a point that's probably missed on somebody? Or would they just flick through uh, an old copy of, uh, you know, the manual of <laughs> ceremonial magic known as the lesser key and just go shopping list? Oh, I want such and such. Oh, it doesn't matter that he's a high duke of such and such that actually... I, it just says the book needs says I need this. Whereas to me, if you were going to work well, with a system they, like that, you start lower and work your way up. But I think it's worse than that because, of course, if you're talking about grimoires in the grimoire tradition, that's all very Judeo-Christian. So that's a case of threatening until you get what you want. Yeah, I guess. You know, as opposed to the traditional ways of, you know, I mean, it depends on what you're used to working with. Again, I mean, angels and stuff like that. If I was working with that, I wouldn't give it an offering or anything. I'd tell it what I want it done. Yeah. And I'd tell it this is what's going to be done. And they go off and do that. If it's something that is... Um, but that's more human or of a lower vibration then that tends to be a little bit more bartering yeah. if it's something more deity i tend to find that really it's just a 
case of picking the deity or thing that matches closest with what you're trying to accomplish. So if there's something that likes to involve itself in family affairs and protecting vulnerable people and you've got a vulnerable person that you want protecting, approaching that deity and asking it for help it's going to be eager to help you because that's in its remit. It likes to yeah. do nothing more than that. So there's not really a need to give sacrifice offering, that sort of thing. It's just generally a case of it's polite, I think. Yeah. And maybe the way we may approach, and I can only really speak for myself, is the fact that I want to be known as the friend that doesn't just take, take, take. Yeah. And that actually shows their appreciation because it's no different than some witches and stuff like that that we work with, whereby, you know, something might crop up and we might send them a little care package through the post. Yeah. And, you know, it might not be instantly, but eventually you might get something back from them. Well, you're not given to receive, you're given because you think that they'll appreciate that and that you care and that you have some kind of a friendship slash relationship with that person. And working with deities and spirits, I think, is the same i think that's where our work is different though isn't it as we've often yeah. said kind of as professional witches we're not tied to one one spirit or another and therefore we don't want to offend anybody because we'd like to still have the open channel for next time if that next time ever comes and i think we because of that we approach these deities as we get to know them in a very different way to that you know so it's normally a case of it's slightly more organic way of working yeah, with them. Yeah. And therefore it might just be that we've gone for a walk and we've stumbled across such and such, uh, you know, Apollo seemed to be just popping around um, in that particular place you were in. And therefore you're kind of like, Oh, okay. Clearly that's, that's an opening to speak to that per, you know, that deity. And therefore you then decide whether or not you want to foster a relationship and what that looks like. So to me, I would have gone probably a, f a first couple of meetings before I've actually considered exactly what that offering would be appropriate. Um, but that's mainly because the working that's required to that in itself is already its own sacrifice before you're actually giving any kind of offering. Whereas what you're, what we tend to deal with on the other side when we've got clients that are saying, oh, you know, I've offended such and such or... I'm worried that I'm going to offend you're in that situation where they've kind of read the book decided they want to work with that deity have not checked yeah. that deity is happy with that arrangement prior to yeah. then deciding to actually and I think that's part of the problem is with a lot of those not to go back to the W bashing but essentially it's a oh I like the sound of that one rather than yeah, yeah. rather than it being which is where like you say is is how the goetia would work that kind of christianized judeo-christian way of dealing with things which is that's the one i want therefore i'm going to do this to get its attention um mm. rather than it's being an organic you know i want to send the right vibes out to get an audience with someone um they feel like they've got to have decided who who it is and I think part of that is a, a mishmash of not knowing whether or not they want to work with a deity or devote themselves to one and I think that comes with the the confusion that comes along with neo-paganism of so 
sorry. Yeah, go on. Um, so do you do you think it's a lot like online dating then? In that, <laughs> is the is the comparison between going on a website and having a load of descriptions, some of which might be fake, yeah, because it's a crappy book, versus going down the pub or bumping into someone organically on a night out and really hitting it off? Yeah. However much I <laughs> hate that analogy, it's quite apt. <laughs> um, but yeah, essentially, um, and I'm not I'm not saying I'm against speed dating, where you you know have another set of witches that have all worked with different deities, and you go, do you mind introducing me? Do you mind introducing me? Um, and you you yeah. try out these different deities. I think I think the problem often occurs because they've decided that that particular deity is the one for them um and have not tested that out without without yeah without having ever spoken to it or met with and it then they wonder why they're in an abusive relationship you know six months down the line uh, and they're trying to break up but they can't break up because they signed some kind of contract they didn't know was there oh well we've seen that enough times so, you know what I mean? So I, I kind of think that the dating, however much that was horrid, um, is a really good uh, analogy for it. Um, because it is, I think, working with deities and other spirits, you know, you, this still applies to ancestral magic. You know, there, there may be a natural um, want to help from your family, providing your family's like that. I don't think mine would be. Um, you know, you've got more chance of hitting it off because you've got blood connections involved. Um, but I don't think that necessarily it's any different. It's just a case of how well does that work? Do you know them well enough to get the answers that you want? Um, or the, um, the energy that you need to do whatever working it is. But yeah. I don't think I'd take a chicken to my first date, but, you know. No, don't take a chicken. Um, but, yeah, again, I suppose, to be honest with you, that may even be too nice a way of putting it for modern uh, practitioners and some modern pagans, because the the um, the difference with the Goetia kind, and I don't want to say the Goetia, because you can use the Goetia in different ways, um, but that approach is I don't think is even like a dating website because a dating website you expect to form a relationship. Yeah, that's more escort. like an escort and service. Yeah, you're literally like a case of eh, that one will do. Yeah. That's how much it charges. Oh, okay, fine. I'm never going to talk to it again. Yeah, I like the muscles on that. How much that's going to cost? Like, yeah, you know. And then and then and then you get a nasty surprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they're not good in the sack or you know i was thinking something else but there we go there's nothing i shot penicillin can't fix oh. <laughs> okay. and you know what you went to magical who do you go for? as if who, who, who do you go for for the magical dose of penicillin generally us isn't oh, it yeah. <laughs> that's kind of our job <laughs> oh i contacted this thing and i did this and that and the other and i thought wow you know just shove it a little bit of this and Payment, fine now. No, sorry, you didn't really understand quite what you were doing there. I just thought I'd throw that in because I know it may be a little bit vulgar for some, but I mean, it does kind of illustrate the point. And what's, uh, what's some people extra say. horrendous about the fact that you've used that analogy is you should always wear protection. 
is a really good what, you one. Mean the old, the old, the old sage stick. <laughs> No. Magical protection. No, I was talking about real magical protection, <laughs> but carry on. Ah, uh, okay. So not not this kind of um, pulling out and ex- just expecting that end. to be. Is that is that the equivalent of using a sage stick, just pulling out and hoping for the best? Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. I wonder if this will get demonetized now. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't sworn. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we did this, we did kind of want it to be a little bit about what witches would kind of talk about when they're on their own at the pub. But yeah, I mean, that is kind of the kind of magical conversations we have. We talk about magical syphilis and idiots not protecting themselves. Yeah. <laughs> bad dates. So we are a bad dates, of course, bad dates. So have you ever had a... Um, an offering or a sacrifice or anything like that go the wrong way whereby you did misread the situation that you can think of <laughs> the only i can't really think... no i can't really but then i think that my approach our approach is probably different to most the only way i've probably ever come close to messing up would be dealing with the fae <laughs> which i have mostly stayed out of um just because I think that is a better one. But I think that's an interesting one to bring up that we've had questions about that in the past, um, where they're kind of... Um, and I think we had one on No Holds Barred as well, when we had um, a chat about, I think I may have offended, or how do I approach this? Um, and we were talking about things going missing. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember, um, yeah. And we were kind of explain, trying to explain how it's different when you're talking about the Fae on the basis that um, they time works differently for the Fae and therefore something disappearing for 30 years or 200 years is, is, not, is, 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 is basically misplacement <laughs> with the Fae, whereas, yeah. whereas we would might read that wrong based on the culture and the customs are different. They don't apply to um, human understanding, I guess, or earthly planes in the same way that... And I think, particularly if we go back to, not necessarily W-bashing, but um, the growing culture for things like Fae are... um, And I know we're going to cover that in a different podcast, but... um, the miscommunication that is there because there's a there's a misunderstanding a fundamental misunderstanding of what the fey are mm. and therefore the books don't help on that front unless you're going to find a book from so, 300 years ago so for the for for the complete beginner then what do you think is the safest thing to work with to get them used to to kind of working with spirits and deities and that do you think that it would be working with the dead I think to a certain extent, working with the dead is always safe, isn't it? Um, They're a lot easier to get rid of um, if there's a problem. um, You know it's not going to affect you on a multiple lifetime situation necessarily. Um, Yeah, and the fact is nine times out of ten, if you're going for ancestral work, you're already on that first footing on the basis that you've got a blood connection. Yeah. which is interesting given that throughout modern history, so going back for the past 
say thousand or so years is what we'd probably consider modern. Yeah. Um, working with the dead's a big no no, isn't it? There's a lot of oh, that's scary, that's terrible. Unless it's specific dead people, Jesus is okay. Some of the saints are all right sometimes, but yeah, you know, in necromancy and stuff like that, still even by many people today is considered a dark art. <gasps> Working with the dead? Oh no, you can't work with them. You've got to just work with the angels or just work with the higher vibration beings and stuff. But again, is that not a Judeo-Christian thing where it's you shouldn't be doing that? Um, because, you know, the dead are the dead and the spirit leaves the body and goes and joins Jesus Christ. Like, is that not kind of part of that dogma that says, oh, no, 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 you shouldn't be pulling them back from heaven? Like, well, I mean, it depends on because if you're just talking about Christianity, then you've got Catholicism, whereby it's OK to work with certain dead. So Jesus, for example, is a dead guy at the end of the day. All these saints are dead people when you petition them for something and their help you are calling upon a dead person to help Equally, you. aren't they part Whereas of the, the everyday... Well, technically not really when it comes to... If it's like Catholicism and that sort of thing, it's literally a case of um, the they are dead people, but they're given certain tasks and responsibilities. Okay. So whether it's like uh, St. Peter that guards the gates of heaven, you know, that sort of thing... Um, you know, it gets a little bit sloppy the later or the more modern you get, because, of course, extra saints and things like that get added, blah, blah, blah. In Protestant um, Christianity, you get more of a case of, well, all of the dead, they're either in heaven or they're in hell. There can't be anywhere else in between for them, and they're either in one or the other. So what these things that you're contacting, because, again, a lot of Protestants will say, well, yeah, you can contact something. But that thing that you think grandma, you know, that thing that you think your grandma is not your grandma as a demon. Yeah. And it's just trying to trick you. And it is difficult to argue with that point, because if you've got something, assuming that Protestant Christianity is correct and that there are all these demons just masquerading as gods and dead people and stuff like that. How do you really test that out? Because, of course, technically, it doesn't take a lot to fool the average human, does it? I well, mean, no. if you're for humans all the time we mess around with people and for entertainment purposes and stuff like that of course um the amount of psychics i've ended up causing trouble with because i like to pick on psychics um and makes them see things that aren't actually what they're seeing and stuff but you know that's 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 another thing it's just one of those things whereby i think that Working with the dead has always been an integral part to most civilizations' magical practices, and you see that more not in the West. You see it in Asia, you know, Native American, all of these places strong which haven't kind of got magic. Yeah, it's all all strong ancestral and and swaying away to a different system outside of the you know the indoctrinated religion that you're being forced into that is the first natural step and i wonder why that's why they're so harsh on it because they know well that's a gateway yeah into leaving one minute you're working with the dead and then the next minute you're thinking about other deities and gods and such mm. And that's probably the real reason. But like in the case of Catholicism, it really doesn't work out very well because Jesus is dead. Yeah. And so are the saints. Yeah. So it's like, you know, um, a big part of them becoming saints the is they have yeah. to be dead. Yeah. 
I mean, with the festivals and stuff like that, I mean, you can see it really simply when you've got Lemuria or Parentalia, where all of a sudden, okay, yeah, that's fine. You can, the, we've got the festivals for the good spirits, the happy spirits, the ones we care about, and then the mass murderers and that sort of thing, the people that we don't like. Yeah. And then kind of swaying that and changing it to All Saints Day, where it's like, yeah, we're not really celebrating all of the dead. We're only celebrating these very specific dead yeah. until you get to later on protestantism where it's like you're not celebrating anything but the jesus and he's not dead okay the amount of christians i've have told me well jesus isn't one of the dead he's not dead he came back yeah. it's like didn't he die and then come back and die again or disappear or something i don't know or he's maybe he's walking around i'm not entirely sure but they don't much like that um but there we go no i can understand that i think i think it's odd for me and I have to really have to work hard to get my head around a lot of it is because um, me, I, I don't find ancestral work very natural to me. I have no interest in my dead relatives and spending time with my dead relatives. Um, I would much rather. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I'd rather go and deal yeah. with something else. Um, and I'd find, as most of my family um, are idiots, um, I wouldn't find that conversation fun. Um, because they must have learned you it get from the somewhere. Odd, yeah, you get the odd call call person that might crop up, but apart from that, I think that dealing with the dead is like visiting an old person in a nursing home. Yeah, they just tend to ramble on and repeat on the and old on same just over leave. and over again. It's just the same old, same old over and over again. And there's they've lived their life and they are just literally there to tell you about what they remember and half of it they don't even remember. So. You know, and they get confused a lot very easily and distracted and stuff. That is why I suppose offerings help because it helps if you distract them with sweets and candy, I guess. Yeah, or whis- <laughs> whiskey and gin. Or... Oh, Nanny likes her cigarettes. She was a massive chain smoker. Cigarettes and vodka. See, I suppose that kind of work is always kind of accidental and for fun with me, I guess, where you have a group of friends over and you get the Ouija board out. It's about the closest I ever get to ancestral work. Um, yeah. And at which... For other people's benefits, Yeah, it's got nothing to do with me and I absolutely hate it, every second of it, as you well know. Um, whereas, yeah, whereas contacting spirits for me is, like I said before, always a really organic thing. Um, yeah. whoever I'm dealing with or because it's contractually obliged so when you've got a client that you need to go and figure out the problem um, but most of the time you don't necessarily need to have met, met them to do that do we um, no so you don't necessarily have to unless very often well I mean so, sorry to interrupt um, very often given the fact of how time works and how the universal creation or whatever you want to talk about is structured, they're gonna know you're coming to talk to them before you get there. Yeah. It's kind of the way it works. Whenever we've kind of worked with them on behalf of clients and stuff, they already know that we're on our way. Yeah. They already know because from their perspective, it's not in the future. No. It's kind of a, you know, I mean, that's going on to some quite complicated terms to try and describe on a podcast but yeah let's yeah. leave dimensional understanding to a different one i'm not sure even that's on the yeah, list actually maybe that should be on the list we should probably put it on 
um, yeah, we'll find some good, uh, interesting uh, podcast title, which always makes you scratch your head as to think, what are they going to be talking about today? Something that mentions... What was this one? Something that mentions... Oh, this one was Killing Chicken. Yeah, this is a it. chicken episode. It's a chicken episode. <laughs> yeah. No, this one would need to be kind of like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or... Um, that's good. That's or good. Or the Brian actually. Cox episode. <laughs> I'm professional Brian Cox. <laughs> and today we're talking about seventh dimension living. <laughs> and how you get from the third. But anyway, we're digressing. We need to go back to the topic. Sp- killing chickens. Sponsored sponsored by Property Ladder on Channel 4. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's go, let's go back to sacrifice and stuff like that. Because, of course, we're well into extra time now, which means we can discuss the stuff we actually want to talk about. So... What about human sacrifice? Because when you look at the films and the movies, then the ultimate thing to sacrifice, of course, is a person. And a chicken just won't do. For all those things that a chicken just won't do for, then you need to progress it up to the human sacrifice. And it does that really... Are humans worth any more as a sacrifice than a chicken? But isn't that... I don't know. I find... <laughs> I find part of that is that not about what you have the capability to do. So, you know, when you were talking about the chicken is a meal that that person has missed and therefore is an appropriate sacrifice. When you're talking about a king wanting to sacrifice Mm. in order to fix a plague, obviously in that situation, shouldn't they be sacrificing um, a bigger bigger sacrifice so to me that would probably be oh my best warrior or something like that is an appropriate sacrifice what i find really odd in all these movies and not all of them by mel gibson but you know the (laughs) in those ones it's always they're always slaves and i find that really odd because a slave is not a missed meal a slave well which which one a slave would be like giving the, mcdonald's yeah. burger that you've just bought and didn't like the flavor <laughs> of because they left the gherkins on like <laughs> that is the appropriate level well, yeah we're, we're not gonna miss this we're not gonna miss this we might as well have it in fact it's worth less than a cow so you might as well have it exactly whereas actually giving a cow or the chicken as giving a luxurious meal because you wouldn't eat meat all the time like that is mm. something that you have grown, cultured, developed, and then rather than eat yourself, you're giving to a deity. I'm not surprised in that Mel, horrible Mel Gibson film that it doesn't fix the problem because they're killing hundreds of slaves that they've captured from yeah. other places. It's an empty sacrifice, and they wonder why, you know, it follows by the apocalypse. But, you know... um. That that I can kind of understand. I don't understand why that would be a bigger sacrifice. I think if you were if you're talking about a sacrifice from, like I say, the expectation that a king would have to give a subject, that is the equivalent yeah. of giving something useful over removing its use, like you say, uh, by killing it, and then it being useful on the other side. Like I can understand that to a certain extent. But that person would have to come with skills. So, 
Well, yeah, I don't I understand mean, why you did... would kill somebody, with the exception of kind of virgin blood, because that's hard to find these days. Um, you know, <laughs> in some areas around Birmingham, where I am, or Bristol, where you are, um, finding a virgin's really hard. Like, unless you're going to go for newborn babies, you're really struggling. Um, We're still getting put on a list. Probably now, you know that, don't you? Uh, but you know, it's a case of well. That, They'll start calling us the the baby killers. You know, That's a good podcast the baby title. Killers. <laughs> the yeah. baby killers. That's a good band name, actually. The baby killers. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can't play any instruments, so I'm not much use to you there. Well, it, isn't it all done by computer now? I suppose. Yeah. That's how Kesha gets as far as she's got. I presume in the Mel Gibson film you're talking about is the uh, Aztec one, is it? Apocalypse, yeah, I can't think what it was called. Apocalypto like or something like something that. Something like that. I just remember it being very well, again, showy and shit. Yeah. But then you can say that about the Passion of the Christ, can't you? Um, Ooh. But that's a whole different kettle what, of fish. The, 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 film, the film or the actual... <laughs> um, never mind. <laughs> Changing subject but quickly. I, I, it depends as well, because I suppose... Looking at human sacrifice from the perspective of the culture that does the sacrificing and then looking at it from uh, fiction or from the perspective of, say, Christianity and stuff like that, you could see that, oh, yes, if all these pagans are actually demons, then, of course, they want all of these people to go to hell. So sacrificing something is going to be what they want. They want all death and destruction yeah. and stuff like Killing that. Killing it early. Whereas from... Yeah, whereas from Aztecs and stuff like that, or you can even talk about the old um, idea of the the king um, being sacrificed in some of the kind of Celtic British Isles, um, that kind of a yeah old rigmarole. See that I understand. Um, yeah, that I can understand. Yeah, I think if I, I suppose you got to apply the right cultural context, haven't you? So yeah. with the Egyptians sacrificing. Um, slaves they would be, wouldn't be slaves they would be um conquered during war wouldn't they so in theory you're giving yeah. your spoils away so you've worked really hard for the spoil you've captured all yeah. these um concubines or or warriors at that point you're sacrificing something that you have worked hard to get to achieve it's the same as the chicken then isn't it Whereas if it was an existing slave population that's already working, surely they're they're not an appropriate sacrifice. Whereas if it's a spoil, you know, the spoils of war, um, you've just won a battle and then you sacrifice um, some of the best ones, then that's an actual sacrifice. Is it the Aztecs that would make um, two warriors fight and then sacrifice the winner? Was that the Aztecs or was that another one? I forget. I know there was. Possibly. I know it was one culture where they would they'd hold a competition, and you would sacrifice the winner of the competition because they were the best yeah. of the bunch, and that was what you would want as a sacrifice because it's something you'd miss the fact that all these people had been tested, and the best one is like if you win gold at the Olympics, they rip your heart out and chuck you down the steps. That sort of an that idea. That sort of I thing, guess. yeah. Um, so, okay, so so um, paying deities, spirits, whatever, um, that kind of thing. What about when you don't pay 
and the deity and spirit comes after you for payment. And I don't mean comes after you as in haunts you or blackmails you or whatever, but actually forcibly takes a payment. So whether it is literally a case of they steal something from you, like your nice new designer Dolce & Gabbana sunglasses, um, and they take something as payment, or it's a case of... That sounds like you feel sore about something. No, 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 not me. <laughs> I need to get some new sunglasses, on a side note. <laughs> but yeah, things like that. Is that a case, do you think, of people misunderstanding the spirit or deity or is that maybe a case of maybe someone just um doesn't know a lot being picked on by something or is it just too too difficult to distinguish because again too many different types of spirits out there all with different yeah, intentions i i don't know about you but there are very i can't really think off the top of my head of any kind of spirit that would do that off their own back you've got to have there's got to be some kind of existing contract for that shit to come down I, well maybe there is and the person that that signs their name to the contract doesn't understand I mean, yeah i guess there are examples we can give of that with people not really understanding yeah um but yeah that's i think that's what a lot of Oh, excuse me. That's what a lot of people I've seen tend to be scared of. They're scared of, oh, well, that thing is going to come after me for payment. And it didn't tell me what it is up front, you know. It's like signing one of these stupid mobile phone contracts or something or one of these free trials. And then they're like, they make it so difficult for you to unsubscribe. Maybe it comes from that kind of a culture where we're not actually used to it being as simple as it's in black and white there. Yeah. There's got to be some kind of shady deal going on. I suppose that's part of the know. problem, isn't it? Is the fact that this part of bargaining with deities is quite a foreign concept for the UK specifically. Yeah. Or should we say, I suppose we could expand that to the Western world. Um, are not as used to paying for services. Um, and I don't want to make another slave comment, but essentially they're used to having somebody else to do something for them that maybe they accidentally um, don't realise there is a price. And and I think a lot of that comes from, and the modern consumerist, com, you know, where we, we like something for nothing um, and people forget, well, even Facebook, you know, you've signed up, they've now got access to all your images, all your information. It wasn't free. It isn't free. Um, the fact that certain diet deity took a shine to you, there will be if you're yeah there will be a payment involved if if you've asked them to do something and they are providing a service. If you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. Yeah. That's what they say when it comes to online things and that sort of stuff. Like for Facebook, you're not paying for Facebook because you are the product. Yeah. It's data mining yeah. essentially. Um, okay, so let's let's take things slightly different because um, again, we're we, we're almost getting to an hour. But let's take things from the perspective of payment, maybe not from a deity or spirit, because we kind of work similar to deities and spirits in that people petition us to help them or do yeah, work I for guess. them or teach them. So yeah. what 
where do we draw the line and how do we work that out? And maybe how is that similar to how a day at your spirit well, they, might work? They both work with the same practice, don't they? Is essentially yeah. that it's a payment war. You are asking yeah. someone to pay for it to to prove that they want a genuine need for what they're asking for or that they are serious enough about what they are asking for. So, you know, I have no which come on we give free stuff away all the time um yeah but it's normally because well, generally we speaking, can see a genuine yeah. we can see a genuine need for the product and that yeah. they can't necessarily pay the price but we know full well that actually in the long term it's the same as giving away the first three months at half price is that eventually they'll yeah. probably come back because they've seen the genuine product will come back at that point we're just we're no better than drug dealers are we really in that situation but no, 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 I disagree. Because the difference with us is the fact that generally speaking, if you look at all of the clients and all the work we've done, the more work they're willing to do themselves, the less they get charged, the yeah. point whereby it's completely free. Yeah. So when people come for a consultation and they're stuck on a niggly bit and they're on a free consultation, we don't charge them to fix their problem. No. However, when someone comes and is like, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I've never done this before. I'm not really all that interested in this, that and the other. Make it happen, blah, 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 blah. Then we're going to charge a lot of money because we're doing it all for you. Yeah. Whereas just giving advice is a little bit different. Yeah. That's why it's free. But I mean, is there a moral um, issue with that in the fact that technically, if someone knows what they're doing and is a half decent practitioner, they get all that for free. And that actually the person that doesn't know a thing is going to pay the most for that. No, because <laughs> I don't think in reality it works out that way, does it? It's lazy no. practitioners that end up paying for it, not necessarily yeah. bad practitioners, lazy practitioners. Somebody that wants yeah. a ready-made something, well, they've got to pay for that crafted work. To me, that's that's where the craft part of it comes in. Well, we're doing the crafting, so therefore they should be paying for the work. At that point, it's it's you wouldn't expect a free painting from Michelangelo. You would expect to have paid him for his work um yeah the only problem is but we I don't, don't want always it to charge be. <laughs> yeah we don't always charge money though as well because that's the thing that spirits you know sometimes there's a sacrifice involved for our work as well and then sometimes something else foots the bill so when we've worked with us a, a spirit sent someone to us and then we help that person help you know, we help that spirit help the person. Well, very often it's not the person that would pay for that, it's the spirit. Yeah. So it's, it's difficult to explain, I suppose, unless you're used to the, the concepts and stuff. Okay. It's, a, it's a complex barter system, isn't it, essentially? Yeah. Um, and it depends. <laughs> we are aware of the situation as in, in its entirety and the client isn't necessarily. So in that situation... We know who's paying what um, and therefore yeah. they may see it. Oh, well, I, I got that free. Whereas actually they've either already paid for it in another way, um, in which case we are getting them out of a problem where they've actually already paid for it. They just need um, a way to know to have actually file <laughs> the, uh, the contract as it's done. You paid for the deal. 
you got what you more than you bargained for um and actually you're so uh, helping them sever ties is very different to um you know i want to work with this person how do i do it um they're very different um contracts and barters aren't they um yeah and i suppose for us the the beauty is being able to help as many as we can um, and we're getting something out of that in itself without necessarily needing payment. Yeah. Um, whereas we could go and well, do what some people do. A, yeah, not payment from a mundane. I mean, there's always payment when you look at the old temples and stuff like that, or when you look at the, the church. Someone foots the bill for all these buildings, you know? Yeah. We don't pass a collection plate around. We don't. We only expect you to pay for what you use, yeah. essentially. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, some people don't like that in terms of payment and stuff like that. When you're talking about you're selling spirituality or magical knowledge or something like that. And I wonder how much those people actually really understand that concept. No, I doubt any of them really do. Otherwise, they would have changed path, I guess. <laughs> What, you mean the new age isn't a legitimate path? Is that what you're saying there? I'm not saying that. Do not put words in my mouth. Um, well, I asked you. <laughs> I'm just asking you to clarify. That's all. I mean, I, I wouldn't put words in your mouth. No, because you'd get them spat back at you. Um, but yeah, I. It's not. It's not. It's not legit. It's what where we get a lot of the the frustration is with the facade isn't it we have the same way i have issue with churches needing to build churches um because surely you can experience the lord wherever you are why do you need to you know build a home for them um and i imagine part of that is a bastardization of uh you know temperature uh, temples of the the ancients where you are building it's you know it's a bastardization of that building the home for that deity to live in and visit yeah whereas actually they're all like giant shrines yeah aren't they? is what essentially <laughs> they are but they don't market them as that and that's really oh, no, shrines odd. are evil um well when i went yeah when i went to rome and i'm gonna keep this very short because i could go off on one for hours they had all the scaffolding up um over um the uh where the pope lives the vatican yeah. and all the scaffolding outside and it was all these banners can you give donations to help us restore the front of this come on i mean auction off some artwork you've got tr literally it's in the trillions isn't yeah. it the amount of money you don't need people to give you money to restore the front to do some sandblasting on some statues yeah. out the front of your house mr pope you can afford to do that yourself and yet the cheek of saying i know we've got all this money but could well, you we're just poor. give us, give us some more just loan us a little bit we of money we just need some more yeah you know no it's absolutely crazy but there we go i can't believe that we're absolutely out of time and i know that the guys you lot that are listening now are patrons from the patreon and i just like to take a little bit of time to say that we really appreciate you supporting us and of course if you have any questions or anything like that or think of any subjects you'd like us to cover 
then please do get in touch. Get in touch. Something else that we want to rant about, you know, or need us need us to get something out of our system. Yes, exactly. Well, there we go. And that concludes the podcast. I'm just trying to time this to get exactly to 60 minutes.